This episode of the podcast is with Joseph Teske. Joseph is a psychotherapist from Canada originally, but he lives in Brooklyn, and he's a good friend of mine. And I actually met him when I first started what I'm referring to as my hero's journey when I first really uh, took the leap into the lifestyle uh, and the work that I'm doing now, uh, studying sexuality and self-development and how the, the mind works. And uh, Joseph is actually the basis of uh, one of the main characters of my book, uh, because a lot of my development came from deep conversations with him. So I, I cherish him and I, I credit him and discussions with him for a lot of my intellectual development. So I was very excited to have him on to speak about attachment theory. Attachment theory, you may have heard of it. It's been around for a long time, uh, for a while, but only recently has it become um, a big deal in pop psychology, um, I think partly because of the book Attached. Uh, I, I haven't read it myself, but here it's good. I already was somewhat familiar with attachment theory. Um, but basically attachment theory, and we defined in the first few minutes, is a very useful model for understanding our um, suboptimal relational tendencies. And it starts with family and our parental relationship, um, but also parental relationships. But it really shows up in our romantic relationships and even in our friendships. Um, and, you know, Whether you tend to be someone who clings or who avoids intimacy. Um, we, Joseph and I break this down and specifically, this wasn't intended, but we, we kind of dig into the applications specifically for men in dating, because I think a lot of the dating advice out there kind of uh, steers men towards um, insecure attachment patterns because uh, for the sake of getting laid or having upper hand or things like that. And I, I'm actually a victim of that. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say victim. I'm using victim in quotes, but I certainly have some avoidant tendencies. And Joseph actually psychoanalyzes me a little bit on the show. Um, so uh, either way, uh, enjoy the, the this show on attachment theory. And um, because it's so uh, applicable to men specifically, um, if you are a man and you're specifically interested in dating and getting better in your relationships and developing security, which we talk about a lot in the group, and you want a safer place or a better place to have these discussions, um, I highly recommend you join the Masculine Underground Forum. It's my private Facebook group um, for men to speak about guy stuff. Uh, so you can you can check that out if you go to MasculineUnderground.com. There's a little link to join the forum. It's free. We have discussions like this all the time, uh, stuff that I don't publicly uh, send out to everyone because maybe it's a little not PC or risque. So check that out, MasculineUnderground.com. Without further ado, enjoy episode 029, Joseph Teske on Attachment Theory. You're listening to the Rwando Podcast, Perpetual Orgasm, Infinite Play. Please subscribe on iTunes and enjoy the show. All right, so I want to start with attachment theory. We might go off on many tangents, maybe never come back to attachment theory. That's why I titled the episode, so let's start there. Uh, because I do think, you know, we've spoke about this with Armapani, who's been on um, speaking about, I mean, it's, uh, I guess only like popular in pop psychology recently, although yeah. attachment theory is not new. Um, right. But I do think it's so applicable and so useful in relationships, which is probably why you and I always end up talking about it when we hang out. Uh, so as the psychotherapist here, could you explain like a layman's understanding, maybe a brief understanding of attachment theory? Sure. Well, I mean, attachment theory was born out of studying uh, children, in infants, uh, and how they bond with their primary, um, primary what, what we call attachment figure. Usually that's the mother, but it includes and, and sometimes is the father. Um, essentially, 
it, it grows out of it's a it's a, a, um, a neurobiological instinct. It's hardwired into our systems. We're born vulnerable. If we do not find a figure to bond with and to care for us, it's literally a life and death situation. As an infant, we will die. So <clears throat> we we naturally do this and. Yeah. And I just want to jump in. The whole reason why we're on this is the fact that it almost always comes up for people in their adult relationships, not with their parents, their romantic relationships, their friendships, their business relationships. And these are tendencies that you're, that you're saying start from your first relationship with your parents. Well, they, well, I mean, they, they are operant with our parents, but we're, we're, mm -hmm. we're, 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 we're really used to <clears throat> those relationships. We've had a lifetime to grow in. Uh, or adapt to uh, or go out of those relationships. We're always attached to our to our parents, uh, even if we are estranged from our parents. We never speak to them. Uh, they're still affecting our life and how we how we navigate intimacy in that style. Mm -hmm. Yes, you're right. That the sort of what's what's grabbed uh, pop culture is this idea that oh, actually these patterns are yeah. Uh, incredibly um important for our adult relationships and and they are that you know they're, they're really really important with our um romantic relationships that they're even operant in our um our, our platonic friendships as well i mean this is all about how we deal with intimacy uh intimacy is uh uncomfortable for most people it, it just is it, it's it's sort of mm -hmm. This thing that is, it's vulnerable, uh, it's, it, 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 it feels exposed, it's, it's all about navigating needs and desires um, and being able to sort of express those, have, it, have those met, have those not met, how do we, you know, how do we stay in connection with other people? Yeah. So, I mean, before we jump into like the deeper applications, uh, there's basically three attachment styles or three types or tendencies. Sure. Uh, I, I'll, I'll just say it real quick. Like there's secure people who have secure relationships. That's the goal, right? That's what most people desire. And then with those who are insecure, and correct me if this is uh, not how you see it, but there's the uh, anxious tendency um, to typically cling or reach more or uh, be the one chasing after intimacy. And then there's the avoidant, which is the one who's pulling away. And um, in romantic relationships with adults, we do see anxious and avoidant people tend to link up because there's like one person chasing, one person running away. And uh, that's uh, I almost across the board, we see this in every relationship that's not fully functional. Yeah, no, that, I mean, that, that's, that's, that's accurate. And, uh, you know, I, I also want to say that, you know, that security, first of all, I want, I, I, I kind of want to start making a caveat, which is that like these three styles, it's not like there are like three types of personalities and, and, mm -hmm. and, and it's just like everybody is like one thing or another thing. It, context matters. People are complex. And so your attachment style can differ with different people or during different periods of your life uh it's not necessarily set in stone it might be your default position totally. but and and also you know it, you can build 
more security. You can move towards secureness in your relationship. So it's not like, you know, there's just this, this group of people that are secure and they're perfect. And, you know, they, they just, you know, they're kind of, they're lucky and, and nobody else is, you know, gets to have that thing. Often secure people can move into more avoidant strategies or more anxious strategies, just like people, it's like a spectrum. People can move from anxious to secure and they can move from avoidant into, into secureness as well. Yeah, yeah, I brought this up uh, when we were on um, Ohm's podcast about how, like, when two anxious people get together, sometimes the less of the two anxious people will become avoidant because they'll be like, "Oh, like this person's so needy," but like they'll be like, "Oh, but you're needy in every relationship." But, like this person is so needy that it's gross. I'm gonna check out. Like, and that happens, and the, the other, the opposite happens also with avoidance. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, that that's true. And another thing that we do is, is natural. <clears throat> thing we do but we call sort of anxious people needy but really avoidant people are just as needy if not more okay they, they have they have they have the yearning deep down to be seen and to see and to be felt and to to bond that that is it's like the it's a it's it's not a it's it's not a switch you can turn off right right well the avoidance try to they try they to act like they you and they're often very effective at it. Yeah. So they. So, so the, I, I want to. I want to bring this to the personal because one thing that's super interesting about you are uh, our discussions behind this is that uh, our friendship is kind of an anxious avoidant uh, pattern, if you will. Like I, I'm, fair, I, I lean towards avoidance, and so far, at least in our friendship, you've leaned lean towards anxiety, and that seems to come up a lot when we have disagreements or like. This is, I mean, we've been friends for like five years. This has happened yeah. a bunch. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, me. because I, I'm thinking like, oh yeah, I, you would say that, Joseph, right? <laughs> right. But that's me also being avoided. And I, and I, yeah, and I would say you would, say, you know, to me, I don't lean towards anxiety. I just, I, I keep waiting for you to, to be more secure, more, more reliable, less like all over the place, and more consistent. Yeah, but but all right, so I mean, I, I'm, now I'm speaking from my ego, so I'm not saying this is the truth, but like. Um, when you say like, oh, avoidant people are as needy, uh, they just don't know it. I'm like, yeah, but I'm fine. Like I'm happy. I'm actually happy. I don't have relationship issues other than the yeah, fact that in the long run, I just move from woman to woman a lot, which is like, no, not but what, what you don't seem to see is you absolutely demand that everybody else forms their, that forms a bond with you as according to how you want the bond on my terms and you, and you don't compromise and yeah it, to me which is good boundaries but <laughs> that's what you're saying is either it's my way or the highway i cannot be in relationship with you unless you cater to my needs and how those feel and if you don't then goodbye that's that's what you do it's true it's true and I like this is not even this is just like actually what I believe in, in many I see what you're saying and how it can be taken to the extreme but I'm also saying that to me seems like someone with really good boundaries <laughs> right yeah but that's yeah, not, and, oh, that's not yeah. how healthy relationships work yeah. I, you're saying this I don't, and I don't know I know we joke about this a bunch because to me it's kind of like an emperor's new clothes thing like you're telling me there's this thing that I, I, I don't get um 
but it's like, but I don't get it. And I'm like, just like, you know, I'm actually happy, but this actually comes up a lot. Cause like you and I are, are uh, I, I just read the rational mail, like the, the red pill Bible, which is kind of extreme in some ways, certainly more extreme than I am. It's kind of like an avoidant handbook, like how to be a super avoidant person, a super avoidant man who's never, never hurt in relationships. He always has the upper hand with women, stuff like that. And I'm reading it and I'm like, I'm looking at it. I was like, oh yeah, this is exactly, this is like when I'm in the good place, this is exactly how I think, exactly how I, I live. Um, but one of my criticisms of the book while reading it was the fact that he doesn't talk about the importance of getting close to a woman ever. And I was like, oh, that's just kind of a bummer, right? Well, look, Ron, like <clears throat> all your life, you 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 say like when you're in your flow you act like the rational male and like all you all i see you do is constantly like immerse yourself in these communities and like processes in order to get closer to being connected and to, to be able to be vulnerable and to actually share feelings yeah because it's fun because i'm not saying i don't want i don't want to have relationships that's fun it's fundamental there's a fundamental yearning there it's in you i don't know i don't know uh i don't know if i agree with your psychoanalysis of me but i do agree that i like i do have some negative tendencies. like for instance like i i can see what i can see is that on a macro level and i look how i've been going from like just say romantically from woman to woman every year or just about almost and I'm like, that's not really what I want the rest of my life. Oh, I agree with you on that, which is why I'm even, which is why I've, I've, I've been having these discussions with you and Omrapani. Like, I know that when I'm 40, when I'm 50, I don't want to ha- just have another 10 girlfriends, uh-huh. you know? So, um, yeah. but it's also something I'm, I'm wrestling with because I do want to have a family and stuff. So I, the reason why I thought this would be an interesting uh, discussion and why I'm going to post this to the Masculine Underground is that I think the the red pill the stuff, like the rational male all the dating advice is kind of for of like telling nice guys who I think nice guy syndrome is kind of an anxious uh, manifestation. I don't know if you see it that way. Um, like a lot of it's like your ex- expectations of being met in a certain way that's not being met by women. So a lot of the antidote to that is to be a hard ass, to be avoidant, uh, to be icy, whatever, which can also be taken to an extreme. Uh, I might be I might be generalizing, but this is generally how I see it. Um, but now the, the result is you have these guys who can get laid a ton who don't have their heart broken and they, they die alone. <laughs> it's, it's the, it actually gets addressed in the rational male, how that's a myth, which I'm not sure if that's true. And I don't want to take that chance. I don't want to wait till I'm 80 to find out if it's true or not. That they die alone? Yeah, die lonely or upset. Yeah, or right. I wish I, I wish I settled down with somebody. Um, yeah. <laughs> oh, so I, I'm curious. I mean, you know... Uh, Unless you're about to say something, I think I cut you off. Uh, oh. No, go ahead. You know, so with with dating advice, and I think most of the people who listen to this will probably be men who are interested in dating, or you know, whatever, something like that. Um, how do you? Uh, what's your take on the rational male, actually, <laughs> and the whole uh, in the lens of uh, avoidance and attach and um, anxiety? Well, I haven't finished. You know, I, I haven't finished mm-hmm. it, but but I mean, it, it's like again, it's like to me, there's there is something appealing to like being sort of armored and kind of existing, like um, you know, hey, like you know, I can I can I can get any girl and like not feel 
not feel uh, pulled into her orbit and, you know, like sort of lose my, my masculine center and start to feel, you know, attached, start to feel out of control. I mean, all of those things, like they sound really good. And I still think it comes down to like, like, as you know, if you're using yourself as even as example, like, like nothing feels better in some ways than to be crushed by God or be crushed by the feminine or be sort of surrendered to uh, emotion or the unknown. Yeah, it's, it's so funny because like half of me agrees with you, but I also have this voice, this voice in my head that's like, that's some pansy shit. <laughs> like, that's some pansy shit. Yeah. Yeah. But, but, it, but it does feel good. And it's like, and, and, and there is that, that sort of, I mean, I would be really interested to know like how many of the, the rational milk community are in successful relationships. I mean, it, it sounds like, you know, sure, that might work. It's like any, any, you know, PUA pickup system, like has, is, has its like effective uh, aspects of it to an extent. But we, we used to, we talked about this like six years ago <clears throat> that, you know, uh, strong vulnerability is, was kind of be, uh, like emerging out of these things as kind of the next step, because it seems like there's, there is a journey in, uh, in, in sort of, with, with with these whatever schools of thought that that they create a kind of a journey in the man if they're if if they if they're if they're good uh schools that the the actual like next step is to become more like uh a third way man is it yes, data, data like like yeah third because what's next like i you know you pick up you pick up uh, a woman and then, but you, but you think she's great and you really like her. Like what's, so now you have no, no ability to like continue really, except like with her at kind of arm's length and you feeling like you're, you know, you're in, in, you know, impregnable uh, and, and, and she's not really, really getting in and she's unsatisfied and she's, you know, and, and you're aware. That- well, oh, I mean, this is now we're, we're really kind of grossly generalizing uh, that maybe she's not dissatisfied. Maybe she's actually, she's just as, because like the whole thing with Rolo's book is right. that, it, at least from what he's saying, assuming everything he says is accurate and I'm just taking it as it is, uh, he just create he continually creates competition anxiety in his wife. So he remains in the, he remains with all the power. He, he maintains the frame in his terms. His wife is always a little, he's kind of like influencing his wife to be anxious, attached. Therefore she's always longing for him. And that's his advice to men, which makes sense. If you want to always have the upper hand. Now, I, I also agree with, I do agree with you. And like part of my journey and like how we, we met taking the same classes is like, um, I realized like to be doing all that work for the rest of your life is really unfulfilling. It was really tiring. Um, and then to never have, be able to let go and surrender, as you said, is pretty unfulfilling. You're missing out on a whole range of colors in the emotional spectrum. Um, but I still actually, you know, I go back and forth. When I, when I talk to a pickup guy, I'm actually arguing your side a lot. 
But when I talk to, I mean, I've, I spent more time in the spiritual communities lately and I'm so annoyed with these guys who are dumping their anxious emotions on people. And obviously no woman wants to fuck them for that reason. Right. And I'm like, God damn it, grow some fucking balls. Like that's, I'm kind of leaning the other direction now. Right. Right. Which is why I like Roller's book a lot, actually. But, but that's, you know, to me on a meta level, that's you striving for security. Like there's a middle, there is a middle realm where, and, and these are the people like the, the secure people often, they're not like, you're not meeting them so often because they're not in the pickup community. They're not in the new age community as much. Like, like they're like, look at Ohm. You know, and he, he's been married for how many years? 29 years? 29 years, yeah. 29 years. He doesn't leave his house because he's with his wife. Because <laughs> he's secure. Mm-hmm. He, has, he, he has everything he needs in that relationship. He's able to sort of like out of that relationship, he can grow what he wants. Do you think Ohm is constantly triggering his wife's like competition anxiety? I don't know. I mean, I, certainly I, the fact that, I mean, the fact that we can ask him, but the fact that he is so sought after by women, certainly, I mean, social proofing still exists, whether or not you call it competition anxiety. Like it's okay. certainly, I mean, like if, if he stopped, stopped like doing work, if he started being like a loser on every front, certainly his wife would lose some attraction for him. I'd imagine. I think I would say the fact that he's sought after by all these beautiful women to have experiences in some way boosts his attraction, attractiveness level. I mean, I think that's undeniable. Is it competition anxiety? Probably not. I would hope not at this point. I mean, it sounds like they're, they've moved past and stuff like that. Because oh, like the competition anxiety is kind of like, um, it's kind of almost like a pet, it's kind of petty. And to do that for 20 years seems kind of ridiculous to do it. It does seem kind of ridiculous. And it's, it's very, very narcissistic. It's, it's, it's like that, that we've never really even addressed that. It's like, you know, here we are constantly talking about like, what's best for us in terms of like our relationships with women and, you know, like me, 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 me. And this is how, you know, how I feel when, if you really want to like grow some balls, it's like, okay, well like forget all that. And what do I want? And if I want an actual like fucking relationship, then make that a goal and, and then commit to it. And then all, all the stuff in between is like, you know, like, like, yeah, easier said than done, though. I mean, we yeah. talk about this a lot. Like, neither one of us, we, we both have spoken that we want relationships, but neither one of us are actually doing exactly what you said. Right. Cleave to the goal. And because and, mm-hmm. and, that takes, that's the real fucking balls. It's like, actually, like, here's what I want. Like, this is what I want. And like, a lot of, a lot of potential mates are going to, not be a fit they're going to reject you you know and and, and then you know you're going to get involved even with people and then a year later they're going to reject you and it's like oh my god you know i I, did i waste a year of my life you know how much worse does it feel to be rejected a year later unless you're the avoidant who is the one rejecting all the time too right Um, yeah but for you it would be you know you you would have to Talk about a leap, uh, a, a risk for you to be like, to actually like one day drop that, like, I'm going to be, I'm going to leave first and be like, I'm 100% all in for this. I'm head over 
heels. Like, I really fucking want this. And to actually like sit in the discomfort of that and be like, yeah, like this is, this is like, this woman is part of the world that I want to build for myself. And, and like without her, like it's, it's, it would be like something would be missing something, something poignant and, and important would be missing. And then, and then have, have to, have to know that, yeah, like she's, she might leave, you know? Yeah. That sounds terrible <laughs> and also a little foreign to me in some ways. Like, cause I, I mean, you know this personally, but like in my last relationship, I went in knowing I had this avoidant pattern, but I don't want to continue. And I, I moved in with her kind of probably too fast with this idea. Like I'm going to fight my avoidant patterns. I'm not going to uh, pick out all her, uh, all her flaws within two months and stuff. But then I realized I kind of committed myself in, in a way. I mean, you might laugh that I, I stayed in for nine whole months, you know, but I, 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 I kind of committed myself to someone who I actually didn't want to be with uh, on many levels. I could see that now. Okay. Um, so I don't know. I, I go back and forth on the whole thing. It's complicated. But you, um, you know, but, but you're already kind of like, you're looking at it like it was, which is, again, it's kind of avoidant. It, or let's just say it's, it's insecure because it, this would be also on the other end of the spectrum, you're looking at it like it was like a big mistake. Like, like you kind of, you kind of like, it wasn't, it wasn't the optimal decision. Is what I'll say. Something that was unfamiliar to you and felt a little bit uncomfortable and like you, and you took a risk and, and it didn't, didn't work out the way that you sort of envisioned maybe, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and now you're like, Oh, that was like, that was a mistake. But but what if it wasn't a mistake? What if it was, you know, a one of the boldest, most daring things you have ever done? Maybe in a few years I could see it that way. <laughs> but um, yeah, you know, uh, this is, might be a, a jump around, but like, uh, so I, I went. I, I was certainly a, a super anxious person. Super anxious. I would say, as far as attachment goes, super anxious prior to studying dating. In fact, the whole reason why I even got into self help at all was that I would fall in love with, uh, I would fall in love. Like I remember actually there's a specific woman in high school, girl, girl, you know, uh, I had a crush on her for years. I wrote her poetry and stuff. I was so shy and every, you know, I'd always get so nervous around her, you know, typical, you know, whatever anxiety, but I was so, so obsessive. And then her rejection made me decide I never wanted to feel that again. And that's when I got into pickup and that's when I started reading self-help and spirituality and all this shit was to never, ever, ever feel that again. And uh, which was like, I was actively trying to learn the avoidant ways, which is why Rolo's stuff uh, resonated with me a lot, I think. Um, uh, I don't know why I brought that up. Oh, I think that's a journey for a lot of guys, though, when they go into studying dating. Like, they, no one goes into studying dating or like self-help because they're like, oh, I'm too, uh, I'm missing out on some uh, emotional experience that I don't know about. No, they, they felt the pain and they're like, fuck this pain. I don't want to feel this pain again. I'm going to learn how to whatever, grow balls or be a man or whatever, you know? Um, right. So it's kind of like, and I can, now I feel a little bit trapped by, honestly, this sounds super arrogant, which is why I'm maybe only saying this on the, whatever. Uh, it sounds super arrogant, but I feel like I'm trapped by like a paradox of choice. Cause I, I, my goal in when I was 20 was to have an abundance of choices when I was 30. And now I feel like it's hard for me to, pick someone because I, I want to, I want to reap the rewards that I fought for for the last 10 years. 
Yeah. And uh, I don't know, maybe I'm being, maybe this is, maybe this, I, I, I notice how narcissistic it sounds <laughs> out of my mouth. So maybe you have a it, point. Like, yeah, it really is. And that's like, the narcissist is trapped. Like the narcissist, like the myth of narcissus is this character that is like transfixed by their own reflection. They're stuck. They're completely stuck. They're paralyzed. Their whole life passes them by, like while they watch their own face. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, for guys in different stages, I, I mean, I, I do imagine that most men who get into, who are even interested in this topic, and we're talking about men. I don't know uh, who else is who, uh-huh. listening to this. Um, it seems like most men start with like an anxious pain and maybe they stay that way or maybe they, they flip depending on their schema or their environment maybe um let's talk about like psych advice for people in different stages because um it's probably different at different stages yeah i mean and i think i mean certainly certainly like obviously like these things like you know the last 10 years you've done uh it's an adaptation strategy. Like, like you, that was a good example. It's very clearly, you know, you had, there was like, there was, you located the sort of uh, the entry wound uh, where you had this emotional experience and you were hurt and, and you, you were out of control. You were sort of in your involuntary, you were obsessing and you were, you were almost, as you said, like anxiously attached to this woman, right? Mm-hmm. Did you feel, let me ask you, by the way, I'm just, I'm just curious, like, did you feel secure in the relationship at first? And then it sort of started to go sideways? Or, or at- Well, the, the, the whole story in, in short form is uh, I, she, she rejected me uh, after knowing I had a crush on her when we were like 15. And then I went through this, I got really into dating, I started reading all the David D'Angelo stuff, I started working out, listened to Eric Cartole, and in senior year, I was like way more confident, muscular, whatever. Um, and then uh, then I had the boss ask her out again, and then we dated for a little bit. And then and then I became anxious again. I went right back into the old patterns, and then she she uh, pulled away from me. Uh, yeah, and I was like, fuck, I, I, I did the right, I, I let go of the golden egg that I had, this avoidance egg. It was like learning how to play at Icy. Uh, and and yeah, I ruined well, it. I mean, it, it really highlights for me it, what we're talking about is, you know, insecurity on both ends is really driving these strategies. And we're talking about fear. We're talking about this fear that is it's a primal in the nervous system fear of rejection. I mean, what does that mean? Rejection it means abandonment. It means like it's it's an echo of this of the primal earlier fear as an infant that like if this object of our affection, uh, this 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 person that we're bonded with leaves, it's a life or death emergency. Like we're gonna die. That that's what we feel like in our nervous system when a person that we're bonded with leaves us. It feels like I mean the language we use is not an accident. Like you ripped my heart out. I mean, what, what would that actually mean? Like you would be dead, right? That would be a mm-hmm. brutal way to die. 
that we talk like that because that's how it feels. You stab me in the heart, you know? Yeah. Um, we, we say these things because we mean them. That's how it feels, you know? Yeah. I'm, I'm thinking now also like, this is like, obviously Rolo doesn't speak about, um, and I don't, I'm just bringing him up because I just read the book and I, I was, I was moved by it a lot, but, um, the, uh, there are all these characteristics that are, if you look at like a very standard, I don't know if superficial is the right way, but like, like the pickupy view of the world of dating, which is kind of backed by, um, basic understandings of anthropology, like the red queen theory and all that stuff. Uh, a lot of these behaviors that he recommends do work in the sense of like, they do trigger uh, attraction in women or they trigger interest. Um, and, and it's uh, in a way like the, the dark way to put it is it's tricking women, for instance, to, to be anxious around you or something, uh, even stuff like negging and like these, like uh, these like black hat t- techniques, if you will, are kind of like a way to like, uh, make someone anxious in your presence. And I, I wonder, um, I wonder why that I'm not, maybe, yeah. What your thoughts are on that? I mean, well, I mean, just it, like, it's kind of like the obvious question is, I mean, if you're not full of fear, why on earth would you want your partner to feel anxious around you? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's your partner. That's the person that you love. That's the person that you're, you're trying to build a life with. Yeah, I'd be curious to see how uh, the dating world's, and maybe we're actually pushing it, like the dating world's uh, advice changes with like a deeper understanding of attachment theory. Yeah. How that, and it, yeah, maybe this is this is a conversation that'll help push that. Yeah, I, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I've, I've heard in reference, in passing uh, references that it's a good book, but that, Neil, Neil Strauss book, right? Like, didn't he have this sort of conversion or revelation around... Oh, The Truth? Yeah, is it called The Truth? Oh, yeah. It's a great book. No one talks about how well it's written. It's one of the best written memoirs I've ever read, just on a literary level. No one ever talks about it because of the controversial subject matter. But yeah, I love the book. I might have told you about it and how much I love the book. Yeah, and I, I, I'm pretty sure I've heard, you know, references from other people in, in our sort of circle uh, or field um that you know people think it's good and it just it seems like 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 there's an example of somebody that moved from you know he moved from anxious to avoidant to secure kind of ended up and but he did a lot of work to get there right like he obviously it was a journey um worth documenting yeah Yeah. i mean his adventure story he also lived every young anxious boy's fantasy of like sleeping with a bazillion women and all these crazy adventures yeah, because um, like here's the thing that I, I, I and again this is an avoidant perspective. I resist with the whole. Uh, I, I resist with some of your maybe very accurate criticisms of me. I, I don't know, but like it's like the avoidant tendencies. The reason why that dating advice tends to be that is like it's almost it's like so much closer to like my conception of the hero's journey of like being out on your own and not needing anyone. And then yeah, then you you then you fall in love eventually and then come back home. But like there's something about breaking off and being on your own that I do think is related to, to masculinity. And I might be, I might be conflating terms to justify my behavior. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I want to caveat everything with that, but like, um, like, like, uh, 
Joseph Campbell's concept of the secondary father. When you divorce yourself from your primary father's care, whatever your male role model was, so that you're no longer in his shadow. You might have to rebel against him just for the sake of like, I'm my own man now. And you seek out a secondary father who might be a mentor, a teacher, a coach, uh, a tribal leader or something, because you're, you're choosing what male traits you want to embody as, a, as a, an adult male. And like that is kind of an avoidant behavior, right? To split off from your dad or your, whatever your male role model was. But that almost, I mean, even Jung or uh, Campbell talks about how that's an important step in a man's development. Like that's when he becomes his own guy. Like uh, I mean, we talked about Iron John, like they talk about the male rites of passage and the secondary father as well. And, and maybe I'm calling that avoidant behavior again to justify stuff. But to me, that it looks the same. Like you're, you're splitting off and like being like, I don't need where I came from. For now. And then, then the hero returns at the end of the story, always, back to his village. Well, but that is, you know, like, like secure attachment is a, a feeling of, like, you have an island, you know, uh, like, uh, from which to explore. That you, and you don't need to be on the, you know, on the island, like, forever or, or all the time. You, you can just kind of go and explore, you know, as much as you want. And then when you want, you can come back. Like, you know, it's there. It's in your bones that it's there. You don't, mm-hmm. don't doubt that it's when you turn away from it for a second, it's going to disappear. You, you trust that it's going to be there. So, so a secure hero, if there was one in like an, in Star Wars or Lord of the Rings or some, some movie, would leave the village knowing he's always going to come back. Although we rarely see that in the movies, right? It, that's part yeah. of the, it's like, it's almost like the anxiety is more relatable, I guess, which is why no hero is secure because <laughs> that's part of his internal journey. But yeah. it, it seems to, it, like it goes from anxious to avoidant. Like I have no, I have no parents or like there's so many orphan heroes for that reason, I think. And then he returns yeah. to security. So is it fair to say that, uh, part of the journey internally is going going to the extremes and then coming home is that just part of the human because I, I to be fair i haven't met too many secure people i've met oh but i met him after his 25 plus year marriage yeah but like i say like you know it, it's like there are all these sort of like myths that are that are driven by um well i mean they're driven by need like like secure people don't fucking need like dating advice or, or the couples therapy or, you know, like any of these books on like non-monogamy or, uh, you know, like, like why, why people cheat or, you know, they're, they're sort of like, that doesn't really draw them. The, the market. How many secure people do you know? Um, in relationships? Well, but you, but you're asking, you're asking like the wrong you know, the wrong person, because like, like a lot, I know a lot of, of people who, uh, friends of mine that I grew up with, they're all married with kids and, and they have successful relationships and they're not divorced and, and they're, they're content. So, you know, a few, assuming that you can take everything. Yeah, I know handfuls. Mm -hmm. I mean, and you know, I'm, I'm also, you know, constantly interacting with, with clients who, you know, are struggling with, you know, security and their bond. Uh, I, I'm, and I'm interacting with people, you know, in, in the sort of, 
the the worlds that we're in, and it's full of people who who are avoidant or or insecure. You know, I mean, insecure and avoidant or or anxious. Um, so it's really easy. It's 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 like a it's a fallacy. It's a, an attribution error. You know, because to to sort of like take take our sample from the people that are immediately. Oh well, I wasn't asking about that. I was talking about. Like again, the, what stories are made of? What what is entertaining to watch on in a movie or a book? It's rarely a secure uh, character. I mean, those are like kind of boring because the secure. Like I'm thinking of like the secure Hobbit was the one who didn't leave the Shire because he was just right. I don't need an adventure. I'm happy. I got married, and I, you know, I had two two point five little hobbits, and you right. know, the secure Jedi doesn't become a Jedi. He just kept keeps farming on Tatooine. Like that's kind of like that's kind of I mean because like you know basic storytelling you, you kind of want a wounded hero like you have to have a kryptonite or you have to be an right. orphan or you have to have right. be heartbroken. Um, right. But look at the like what what was the most poignant relationship in in uh, the Lord of the Rings? I mean I I think it was it was Frodo and Sam right? Yes. I guess arguably what was, yes. What was Sam? Not the main character. He was a right. secure kind of uh, sidekick, right? Yeah. The hero. <laughs> because I'm, and I, I'm bringing this up because I know this is again my judgments, but like um, when I hear about people who got married right after college, and I, I mean it sounds so terrible. Because a lot of my friends did this, but they live kind of like we, we call. I mean, the poly world calls it vanilla, kind of as like a derogatory term, like it's kind of boring, yeah. right? Um, like to to not have that pain point that forces you on an unusual adventure uh to me is a little boring and maybe that's just me but it's also what what we watch on tv like i don't want to be uh sold that That, that, that's all marketing that's marketing but i I don't agree because has there ever been a story in history where the person was just secure (laughs) oh i'm secure what's there's no internal journey I mean, I think the internal journey is going in from wounded to heals, right? So like you kind of, it's almost like, I mean, this is one way of looking yeah. at it. Like we, yeah. we, we, we force ourselves, or if you believe in any sort of soul beyond the body, which I know you don't, maybe people do, like you, you, you go through hardships in your life to give your ego something to do in this lifetime. Like you want to have that. Anyway, this is all, like, judgments aside, this is all to say that um, the journey to security is what movies are made of. It's what it's what story is made of. It's the internal journey of the hero, and the secure yeah. person in a movie doesn't get to be the hero because he has nothing to move. Sam yeah. Sam wasn't interesting enough. <laughs> right, right. But but we're all moving just towards security. Even secure people, like you know, they they had like it's it's still representative of their journey too. Like it in their journey, like sort of resolved, or you know earlier in in infancy or in in by say adolescence like but the journey towards security still happened for them it just it was successful so it still resonates with secure people like those those stories those narratives are still like ah that's still they still respond internally it's like it's the story but maybe they have less of a um an impulse to live it themselves in their life yeah yeah, I've thought about that with like, so one of the most secure people I know is a guy I grew up with. And I don't know if he's secure in relationships. He might actually be a little avoidant, but he's like, in terms of the word secure, he's just secure. He's not, he's, in, he's just secure about himself. Like he's always yeah. been confident. He's always yeah. been, you know, personable, all that stuff. Um, 
but he has absolute like self-help doesn't really make sense to him. He's like, why would you no shit, no shit. Like everything that is like a revelation was a revelation to me when I was reading these self-help books. He was just like, yeah, obviously, like, obviously you should, you know, speak up for yourself and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but he's also just lived a very normal life that is like no risk. I mean, nothing, nothing that I would write a movie about, right. Cause there's no suffering, not enough suffering for my taste at least. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so, yeah, I mean, we always, you know, we sort of, for a secure, well, I mean, for a secure person, all, a lot of the stories, it's like happily ever after is how it ends, kind of too, mm-hmm. you know, and for security, security, maybe for the secure person, that's, that resonates, like, but it doesn't really for, you know, other people. I, I mean, it's not to say that, like, you know, relationships are easy, even if you are secure. That's part of the point. I, I, you know, um, what was, uh, I'm sure you, you're familiar with Brene Brown, mm-hmm. you know, and her, her work on vulnerability and she, she calls them wholehearted people, the, the people that are sort of like, they practice vulnerability. And, and it's like, it's not that vulnerability is ever, uh, easy or comfortable by definition. It's uncomfortable because it's vulnerable. But the wholehearted people are like, this is part of life. Like, you have to do this. I, you know, it's just the way it is. You have to be vulnerable. You have to say what you want. You have to, like, risk, you know, rejection, you know. Whereas yeah. the avoidance and, and the anxious people are like, oh, no. But, like, you know, I don't want to do that. And, like, well, you know. Well, wouldn't you say uh, an element of being anxious is kind of, like, putting making yourself almost too vulnerable or setting yourself up for the lows. Like that was one thing that was broken down in the, in the truth narrative, Neil Strauss's book, like uh, an anxious person is almost seeking lows. And we've spoken about this, like, cause maybe as a child, they only really got attention from their parents when they had a problem. So like they're seeking problems all the time. Like, like, Oh, here's another shitty thing that happened to me. And yeah. um, it's almost like a, it's like maybe, maybe you wouldn't even call that vulnerability, but it's like something that looks like it. Yeah. Because because you know there's a there's there is a thing that people learn that you know if if something is wrong with me then then only then i can trust that you'll love me mm-hmm. you know like because like, mm-hmm. you have a reason like you know if i'm if i'm uh you know if i'm an addict if i'm a you know if i'm a complete mess then you'll then you'll be there but if you're if i'm not then you'll leave you know yeah so I mean, what, what do, you know, like pe- people that have like doc- doctors, children, uh, nurses, children, firefighters, children, police officers, children, like any kind of any children of any kind of helping profession. Uh, ironically, there's there could be an effect where it's like, well, what do they what, what do they see their parents? Uh, being drawn to their parents' attention, being drawn to people in crisis. Like when something's something's wrong with somebody, like somebody somebody got shot, somebody's house is burning down, somebody is very sick, and 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 mommy or daddy goes and puts their attention on them. And what does that what does that say to the child? What does the child learn? Oh. Well, that's a way to get my parents' attention. Something's wrong with me. I was muted. 
but I was saying, yeah. Um, yeah, we have some, we have some time. So if anyone listening in wants to punch in a question or uh, I can even unmute you if you have a question. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, I think we, we hit on a lot of the points with attachment theory that I wanted to get across, especially like when it comes to dating. Um, and, and security is almost what, like when I was in a more spiritual phase of life, was viewing as like my goal of enlightenment. Like it's almost just like become secure and everything is okay. And I, and I do think some spiritual uh, lenses even lend it like the higher power concept to me is like a way of be, really being in touch with yourself. And being but secure. here's something. So you might like, maybe you'll like this. So mm-hmm. uh, I, I'm not even sure where I, where I, where I heard this. It might've been, there's an amazing movie. Um, it's called Hero. Uh, who's it? It's a Chinese director. Oh, um, it's uh, I've seen it. Yeah. He dies of a bunch of arrows at the end. Sorry, so, spoiler alert. I remember like, that. What is the what is the ultimate purpose of the true warrior? Mm-hmm. It's to put down his sword. Do you want to flush that out? Well, like you know, you're talking about enlightenment. And like all of these things that you've learned, you know, like at some point, like the ultimate, you know, the, the, in the end and on a meta level, at least, and I, I really believe this about you. It's like, is, is, you know, all of this is, is all the ultimate purpose of all this is to like, let, let it go, put, put it all down. Mm-hmm. Like, like these, these avoidant, tactics and strategies you know or even this this avoidant way is like it's like a sword it's your sword and like you know just just like in you know like a soldier a a warrior is is you know they're there to fight they're they're there to sort of win the battle win the war but unless there's an insane psychopath that's not that's not where they want to be in battle like killing people and 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 possibly being killed they they want to actually put their sword down and live life it's one way to put it <laughs> but that that whole movie hero wouldn't have been interesting if the guy was in the was a warrior in the first place but that was sure but that was that like that was what's so so brilliant about not just that, but even even the, you know, and it was really interesting in that movie. The villain, you know, the the emperor, the the sort of ruthless emperor, was sort of like that. The hero was fighting against. The hero was was actually seeing that in the emperor in an incomplete way. The emperor him, himself had a, a like a, like a greater goal, a greater agenda. And, and, and that, that goal was peace. And in a way it's like that, like the emperor was like an antihero, you know, because the, yeah. the, the difference between a hero and an antihero is really like, like the, the difference is one of, of like cost, uh, benefit, you know, analysis or, or the, the equation is like, you know, a hero is like nobody, you know, I'm not, I'm not risking a single, I'm not letting a single person die, you know, in, in, you know, if I can avoid it and, and in service of like a goal, but, but the antihero is like, well, you know, maybe, maybe a lot of people have to die, but, 
but then, you know, billions of people are going to be better off. They're willing to make that trade off. Yeah. It's extra spooky now that you have the, the, the firelight in your face. <laughs> All the more dramatic. Cool, yeah. man. Um, well, I think we, we, we hit on attachment theory here. Um, okay. uh, yeah, and I, I think there's a lot of applications. Well, I think this is going to, and it might just be amongst our circle of, of thinkers, but it seems like this is a, a schema that really is applicable and helpful to people dealing with relationship issues want to be better at dating, confidence. And I'd actually take, you know, the word security back down, back to like what the word actually means, which is, you know, being secure in yourself, not just relationships and how this is kind of like the goal of everything, even in spiritual, uh, spiritual pursuits. Um, yeah. So we might, we might have more discussions. I'm sure you and I will talk about this over coffee even more, but um, sure. yeah. uh, where can people find out more about you and your work? You are a therapist based in New York City, but you also work online as well. Yes, I do. Yep. And uh, you could get in touch with me via my email, which is just jteskey, T-E-S-K-E-Y at hotmail.com. Mm-hmm. And also josephteskey.com, right? Uh, yes. That's cool. right. All right. Sweet. Uh, yeah. Thanks for the discussion. This was awesome. My pleasure. Hey, thanks for listening to the podcast. If you want to catch the rest of my work, go to Rwando.com. Catch me on social media at Rwando. And please do not forget to subscribe.